This is Consumed, the podcast about eaters, drinkers, thinkers, and makers. And this season, you get two for the price of one. I'm Jamie Lewis. And I'm Matt Cross, and this is my Consumed Podcast Tap Takeover. Okay, now Matt, what qualifies you to take over this podcast? Well, I eat, drink, think, and now make. Uh Uh-huh. Plus, I was a guest on Consumed for season five. Yes, that's right. Go back and listen to the Matt Cross episode. I will put it in the show notes. Plus, I own the Broad Street Public House in San Luis Obispo. Mm -hmm. And I know everybody on the Central Coast because I've been a local musician for decades. I've probably played for at least half of your listeners' weddings. Yes, these are all very good reasons. I'm just now remembering why this was okay with me. So, listener, with the Tap Takeover, I asked Matt to choose every guest and to join me for a chat as we get to know these guests better. These are people I've met over the years and thought they'd be good for an interesting conversation. And you were not wrong, my friend. I was not wrong. Shall we get into it? Yes, let's do it. This is Consumed. Ash Management owns and operates many, many restaurants and bars across the Central Coast, including the Frog and Peach Pub, Mother's Tavern, Shell Beach Brew House, Rooster Creek Tavern, Mason Bar and Kitchen, Creaky Tiki, Milestone Tavern, and Bulls Tavern. So, so many taverns. In fact, Bulls Tavern is where it all began for Ash Management owner Billy Hale, who started as a janitor there while studying at Cal Poly University in the 1980s. Billy leans on two critical people to keep the Ash Management properties on point, Jason Gable and Eric DeMatteo. These two are sort of the yin and yang of management, Jason focusing on the back of house and Eric focusing on the front of house. The two of them sat down with me and Matt to talk about their humble beginnings, how they're raising a generation of employees, and how Californians are different from East Coasters. Here's me, Matt Cross, Jason Gable, and Eric DeMatteo. So you guys, uh, Jason Gable, Eric DeMatteo, tell me your, like if somebody asked you at a cocktail party what you do, what's your title or what do you, what would you say in a, in a sentence you do? Uh, I am a owner operator um, and we pretty much, uh, Eric and I are a team of like openers. We open new restaurants for, for the company that we work for. I mean, we, you know, we, we have ideas, we have concepts and then we just kind of make them happen mm-hmm. when, with, uh, with the backing of, with the financial backing of a couple other people. But yeah, we kind of make. How things. many of you guys open now? Uh, brew house. Well, he was part of rooster. I came in a little after rooster, uh, brew house. H.H. Cotton's and uh, the meat market. He was also involved with Mason. Yeah, so uh, I've done s- yeah. seven at this point because we did Solving Brewing Company was when I first met these guys. Hmm. And then, um, yeah, we've done six since then. I was going to say, it's pretty close to when I started playing music for Ash because yeah. I think I met both of you guys yeah. around that time and have seen a lot of things open up. Yeah, yeah, now. I met you right when, like, soon after I met these guys. Like, I met, like, Billy and Megan and them yeah, first, yeah. and then I met Eric soon after that with, like, Daryl and them at mm-hmm. Rooster Creek, and then you, yeah. were, like, in that same vein. Yeah, right around, around there, yeah. Yep. Ma'am, okay, and you said that you just bought a house in Oceana. I for, did, yeah. Yeah, yep. so you're... Were you cruising around, living in different places on the Central Coast for a while? Yeah, we've been in the, we've been on the Central Coast for uh, eleven years. We mm-hmm. moved from Pennsylvania eleven years ago, the wife and I, and um, yeah, we were we rented we rented in I mean we were in Santa Barbara, and then mm-hmm. we were in uh, Lompoc because we were working in Solvang, and then we um, moved to um, Oceano. We rented a house in Oceano, mm-hmm. and then we rented two different houses in AG over the last five and a half, six years. Yeah. And we've been looking for a house for the past like two years. We finally yeah. found one. 
Did you move here from Pennsylvania for this gig? No, uh-uh, no. I moved here from Pennsylvania. Uh, I lived a lot of different places in my life. I moved around a lot, but Pennsylvania is where I was born and raised. Um, we moved to California just to get away from Pennsylvania winters and <laughs> yeah. do something different. Yeah, I met I, you know, the, my, my wife, at, who, my, the, the woman is now my wife. I met her in Pennsylvania mm. um, and you know, we were just kind of, I was managing a bar and she, I'd hired her to work at the bar that I was managing and we kind of hit it off. And then you know, within like eight months, I was like, I want to get out of here. <laughs> you know, yeah, I, well, I'd just gotten out of a long come? relationship and you know, I was ready to leave that area. And yeah, um, yeah we decided to come here because my sister lives in Santa Barbara and she's a professor. So she was doing a teaching sabbatical in New York and had an empty house in Santa Barbara for five months. So right it was a leg up. It was a place to, you know, Holy move, to stay for free. And Pennsylvania to Santa Barbara is a little bit of whiplash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, I mean, I don't need to focus on this, but can no, you just no. tell me a few things that are different about Californians versus... <laughs> I love that question. Only a few. Um, well, I mean, you know, it's obviously far more like progressive and, and, yeah. and liberal here. Um, there's a lot more rules to follow. Uh, so I think that people like take a lot more, almost more pride in you know, what they have here as opposed to what they have in some other places, they protect mm -hmm. it more fiercely mm -hmm. um, because there's a lot more to go through to get to where you're at, to establish yourself in a place like this is a lot more difficult than just, you know, I mean, the first house I bought in Pennsylvania was $105,000. My, right. my mortgage was $800 a month. You know, it was, right. I mean, I could have panhandled <laughs> right. to pay the mortgage, <laughs> you know, and, and, I mean, so, you know, and not like they, we didn't take pride in our home there, but yeah. it, it was, it, it was very, very easy for a 23 year old person to wow. buy a, a home there it was it was a very easy process there were like, lots of homes available to choose from and they were all right around the same price. watching hgtv you know or like fixer up or whatever when they're like you know which home do you want this yeah. one's you know three dollars and this <laughs> one's 19 dollars. Yeah, right. yeah it's just hard to watch and <laughs> compare but yeah, anything else that's different? Um, well, that's a good know, answer, by the way. You know, yeah. I mean, a lot of a, a, a lot of like little like nuanced things. You know, the food is better here because yes. it's you know it's there's not such defined seasons. Like you can't get a decent tomato in Pennsylvania in the, in right. the winter. Anyone putting tomatoes on something in Pennsylvania in the winter is doing it wrong, as far as I'm <laughs> concerned. It's like a gray. <laughs> yeah, it's thing. like mealy and rubbery and kind of gross yeah. and stuff. But I mean, you know, like. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of things that are different. The weather's obviously amazing yeah. here. It, um, I, I wish it would rain a little bit more. Same. I miss, like, thunderstorms and stuff like that. But, I mean, that's, you know, um, people uh, people are a little bit crazier when they drive here, I guess. That's something. We don't have, like, freeways. We have, we call them highways or interstates. Right. And people, you know... People are a little bit more courteous, I guess, on the East Coast when it comes to driving than on the West Coast. But uh, We don't pull over yeah. for the... The fast lane is almost, it doesn't mean anything. Right, yeah, exactly. That you drives know. me nuts, although I'm guilty. Too. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, it's it's just little things like that. It's, you know, people are, you find good and bad people everywhere you go. And, yeah. And, you know, you surround yourself with, with good, like-minded individuals that, you know, lift you up and keep you positive. And, you know, you can find that anywhere. I, I, mm. I, I've been, I've lived in a lot of different places. I've lived in all over this country. I've been out of the country. And, uh, you know, there's good and bad people everywhere you go, yeah. as far as I, as far as I can tell. Eric, where'd you grow up? Uh, born and raised in Grover Beach. Yeah. yeah, and you look familiar to me. Yeah. Did you go to AG? Yeah. What year did you graduate? 97. <laughs> I was 
96. Okay. It's, well, you look familiar too. I just did. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know. I mean, small town. But yeah, there yeah, were yeah. thousands of kids at our high school. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you didn't always know everybody. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, yeah. It was an awesome upbringing. Um, loved it here. I left after college, went to Alaska for a couple of years and hauled and processed. Mm-hmm. Then went down wow. to school at San Diego State. And then uh, basically been in restaurants since 14. Uh, and uh, went and got my degree in case I didn't want to do restaurants someday, but ended up after leaving, after San Diego State, went to Fresno, uh, started managing uh, with Old Spaghetti Factory then at the time, and then moved back here in 2010. Um, so I was gone for 10 years, and then uh, mm-hmm. teamed up with uh, Ash, so to speak, uh, in regards to right around 2010 after I'd been home about nine months. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. helped out at a native slash CLO. Oh, yeah. Uh, and that's where oh, I met right. uh, Ron and Billy and Earl and Daryl. Uh, they came in. So they That was a, an Ash property? No. Nope. Okay. No. Okay. Uh, and that's where I met them. So then shortly after, came on board with them and then uh, worked, bartended at Motab, then got going at Rooster and partnership at Brewhouse. So, um yeah, I've been on the Central Coast pretty much whole life other than 10 years. When you say hauled and processed in Alaska, Fish. do you mean salt, salmon boats? Or? Yeah, well, okay. I, basically, we, I work for a charter called Kingfisher Charter. So we'd send out anywhere from 14 to 18 boats with four people on each. They'd catch their limits, come in, and uh, we'd pick them up from the docks, bring their fish up from the docks, and process uh, you know, anywhere from four to 5,000 pounds between mm-hmm. the three of us a night. And vacuum seal it and box it and ship it that off. That does not sound like a fun job. Worth. At 18, it was, yeah, well, I did two seasons. Yeah. yeah two, okay. So you go up there for, you know, and so it just at 18, it was kind of my wake up call after high school. Mm-hmm. I was having fun and living the dream and mm-hmm. went up there and realized, wanted to use my mind, not brawn, so yeah. to speak. It was, you know, I've known a few guys that have gone out and did that. And they've all come back with like, okay, I appreciate money yeah. and work and, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and warm weather. And yeah. Yeah. Ladies that, oh yeah, we'll just stop yeah. right there. But uh, yeah, it was, it was definitely an eye opener. Being able to tell the difference between the men and the women? Oh, yeah, yeah. it was pretty bro. Yeah, coin toss sometimes. Uh, you got long no, I'm hair. kidding, but there were some beautiful women in Alaska. Shout out to Alaska. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's a couple of cuties running around. Uh, no, but it was it was a good experience. It was kind of, I was supposed to go in the Coast Guard, tore ligaments in my wrist before the day before I was supposed to leave for boot camp. So to me, that was kind of like my... I learned work ethic, and mm-hmm. I was the youngest guy, so I was the grunt, and working anywhere from 70 to 95 hours a week, <laughs> uh, more towards the 90, 95 a week during the push time. It oh came back to when people say you need to work, it really didn't scare me. So, right. Like, yeah. I got 40 like 40 hours. hours. Yeah. I remember my first job. Yeah. Yeah. Or salary manager. I guess I'll have to get a second job. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it was a good experience. Um, and then, yeah, did school, came back, and Got in the home game, uh, yeah, and when we opened up Brew House as well, got my uh, our first house in 2013, and love being here. When you say Brew House, yeah. you Shell mean Beach. Yeah, Shell, Shell Beach, Beach. okay, because yeah. Solving also, right? Isn't that Sol- Solving was the Solving Brewing Company. Uh, got it. Yeah, Solving okay. Brewing Company. They actually brew beer there. Hmm. Um, they're still, yeah, they're not, uh, we're not involved with that property okay. anymore. They sold out to the to the, the controlling partner of that mm-hmm. place. They, yeah, they sold their shares to that. It was you know, a commute and stuff to keep. Yeah, it's well, keep, for sure. Well, same with Cotton's down in San Diego. That's, and the same, yeah. Similar yeah. result. We, yeah, yeah. We, we, we sold out of that as well. Oh, did, did you? Yeah. yeah, it was just to, 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 keep, a, to keep eyes on oh, something that far like away, that, yeah. to, to manage a property and, and, and a business like that so far away. It was taking a big toll on Eric and I. We were down there. My first child was born 
while we were oh, wow. going oh, down no. there for like literally like weeks on end. We were staying down there. We had an apartment down oh, there. Oh gosh. My first, you know, was, my daughter was born. Was my, <laughs> my wife was not happy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it was, it, it, it just got to be like more trouble than it was worth. Yeah. So we, we, we cashed out on well, that. It's interesting. Well. Like so many, a lot of people in town, they, they think they hear the term ash management and they mm-hmm. think it's some conglomerate company from like the East coast. Yeah. And they, I think some people are like, well, at least it's not an ash property. I'm like, what do you, you like, do you know anything about Like yeah. they're local guys that came up here yeah. and it's the, I mean, I think that's what a lot of people need to realize. It, it isn't this giant company from out of the area. It's homegrown guys that went to Cal Poly guys that have come here. Oh, yeah. And the cool thing to see that I've seen with so many of you guys is that like, Oh, I was a bar back and then I was a bartender and then mm-hmm. I was the bar manager Then I co-own this and now I'm running, you know, it's like right. there is opportunity. You can start from the bottom as Billy did, you yeah. know, um, we sweeping floors at, uh, I think it was Bulls back in the days where you got, mm-hmm. I think it's where you got started. Ew. Yeah. But, but I mean, imagine, imagine sweeping, sweeping, yeah. sweeping the, the floors. Last time those floors were ever swept. <laughs> sweeping the floors Please of Bills. Please tell me they mopped. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sweeping the floors of Bulls thinking, you know, hey, in 15 years, I'm going to own all the bars down. You know, it's like, it's, yeah. it's really cool. And, and I guess, you know, there, there can be sometimes when you're like, oh, it's everything's kind of owned by the same thing as a monopoly, but it's like, hey, like, they're all, they're all places that everyone likes to yeah. go and continue to go. Yeah. And there's so many different, especially now, people don't know the tie into you know, Mason Bar and Rooster Cruise. There's a huge and, variety. Yeah. And what people also don't realize about Ash is that, I mean, it is as loosely tied together as any corporate. It's not a corporate it is so, Right. Yeah. It is, I mean, it, it, we used to joke and say that it made money in spite of itself. Right? That's, <laughs> that this company yeah. makes money in spite of itself because it, it's, it, it sets up its own walls, it sets up its right. own challenges, and it is, it, it's basically a, a small group of, of, of people, mostly husbands and wives, yeah. that, that, that uh, you know, that just knew other people that wanted to invest some yes. money. So they knew a couple of guys with a couple hundred thousand dollars that could, you know, build this place or that place or, and that's all it is. I yeah. mean, it's not, it, there's no like corporate headquarters. Yeah, there's no like nope. shareholder meetings <laughs> right. or I mean, anything I mean, like no, that. Yeah. This big black table. Yeah, like, yeah, how yeah. will we dominate we, San Luis yeah. Obispo? The, 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 the people that, 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 I mean, that work for us, that work under us, uh, uh, have, always a direct line to us and we work with them every single day. Yeah. There's nobody that's like, I mean, I, you know, we know the names of all the dishwashers and all the people that clean our restaurants and mm-hmm. all the chefs and managers. I mean, like we know everybody. We're yeah. not, it's, they're not numbers. They're not just like, you know, employees or their family. We treat everybody like family. Like you said, there's opportunity for, for growth and for ownership, which is very rare in, very this, rare. in, in this industry. I mean, to, to, to have somebody that can start off as, as sweeping floors or washing dishes and five years from now, they're managing something, and then five years later, they're owning something. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's pretty huge. Yeah, that doesn't. I worked in restaurants my entire life, and I worked for the same guy on and off in Philadelphia for fourteen years. And I never. I mean, I got raises and I got treated well, but I ne- there was never an opportunity for ownership mm-hmm. ever. Never, ever, yeah. ever was it even discussed. Well, speaking of, of, of cooking. Um, did you go to culinary school or are you, are you hands on in the, no, in the trenches yeah. cooking I, at every different restaurant? You have? <laughs> I started washing dishes, um, illegally at 14 years old okay. for, a, for, a, 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 my cousin's grandmother was a waitress at a place called Marky's office in, in Allentown, Pennsylvania. And, uh, it was just like some, you know, kind of divey greasy spoon joint. And, uh, yeah, she, she, me and my cousin and I washed dishes there. 
And I fell in love, honestly, with the, with the whole atmosphere of the restaurant, you know, like the whole, you know, kind of pirate ship mentality. <laughs> yeah. of, I mean, this was like the old school. I mean, I'm 47, right. you know, so this was back in the, in the, in the late 80s and stuff. And it, it was, you know, the, the kitchen was populated with the most unsavory types of people you <laughs> yeah. can imagine. But they were also like the sweetest, most caring people once you were in the fold, right. you know, mm-hmm. and like they treated you like like an essential person at 14 years old when I was scraping burnt cheese off of metal plates, they treated me like I was, you know, the, one of the most important people in, in, in the building. And oh, that's that, cool. that to me was, I was hooked instantly. Right. I just, I wanted to learn everything I could. I wanted to cook everything I could. I, I, I'd never, I would never be idle. I would always, if I didn't have something to do, I would be standing behind like a line cook or a fry cook, just like watching and seeing what they did and picking up little things. And, you know, it just happened. It just became like, we're like, hey, he's been watching this for a while. This guy didn't show up. Can you stand in here? Can you think you can handle this? Yeah. yeah, I'll try, you know, and you burn yourself a couple times and you get <laughs> yelled at by people and you either do better or you leave. And mm-hmm. I just did better and better and better until, you know, after a while, it was pretty obvious that that was my niche. That was my thing. Mm-hmm. It was, it was running a kitchen, it was like organizing and, you know, keeping things flowing in a kitchen and you know, just kind of, you know, creating dishes. I got into that by the time I was like a, you know, 18, 19 years old. I was at a point when I was left to create things at a restaurant I was at where I was allowed to like, you know, make specials and things like that. And that's Mm -hmm. when I really like, that's when I really hit my passion when I was like, all right, this is what I want to do. And then it became from that to like opening places. And I started working for, you know, for Steven Starr in Philadelphia, who opened some of the best restaurants in Philadelphia, um, you know, and then it was after that, you got a reputation and I just started traveling from there and doing the same thing in other places in like Austin and, um, and, uh, uh, and, um, Portland, Oregon. And uh, Mm -hmm. I was in St. Thomas for a while in us Virgin islands and stuff. I mean, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And once you, once you figure out like the formula and you find people that need the skill set that you have, it's, pretty you know it's pretty easy to slide in there and kind of take control because a lot of people get involved in these things that don't know like the nuts and bolts they don't yeah. know like you know where the stove should go in relation right. to the, yeah, uh, to, sure. the to the refrigerator and the <laughs> sink and this and that and that's where I come in I can visualize right. things like that and then like putting menus together wording things I'm pretty mm. good with words yeah. and stuff as far as descripting but not being too like weird about things and stuff and <laughs> staying like hip with trends and things like that right. like yeah. that's kind of always been like my thing is just trying to stay ahead of you know, the, the game as much as I can. I don't want to ask you too personal a question. Okay. And Eric, I'm going to ask you the same thing. Um, do you feel like doing back a housework and the attraction to it is, uh, if, if somebody doesn't have say a really suit, or if somebody feels lonely or isn't super tight with their family or feels kind of out of place, do you think that's part of why people find a home in back of house? There are people Absolutely. who are just so, like they find their people and their place there. Yeah. There's, there's two kinds of people I feel that work in back of the house. There's the kind of people that need to work there because of whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Some of them have backgrounds that don't really allow them to get, you know, other jobs. Some of them just are, you know, like that's their mentality. I can do this and just kind of go through the motions and no one's going to yell at me if I'm doing this and that's it. And then there's the other kind of person that can't really comprehend doing anything else because of things like that because of like you know the camaraderie they find the family atmosphere they find and and you're working like you know side by side with people under a high pressure high heat environment where things need to be perfect immediately and it all happens very fast it all happens at the same you know little crunch time of hours 
that breeds, yeah, it breeds two things. You either breeds resentment for the person you're standing next to or unconditional love. And yeah. once you find that core of people that are, you know, that, that, that are, you know, cohesive together like that, it's, it, it's game on. You can do anything. There's yeah. no challenge that can come up in a kitchen or a back of the house situation where a group of people that get along and are cohesive together can't overcome. It's yeah. just the way it is. You know, it's just, it's a beautiful thing when it works. It's like a beautiful dance. But when it doesn't work, it falls apart. Like right. A, oh know, gosh. Like a, like right on the knife's edge. Yeah, it, 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 like a house of cards. It just crumbles. Yeah. You know, one, one weak link and it all comes apart. So, yeah, it's, you know, it, it, they definitely, people definitely gravitate towards that position mm -hmm. when they, I feel like when they have other things sometimes lacking in their lives, yeah. you know. But, Relationships. But that, then there's, yeah. a, there's, 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 there's a handful of people that just, they can't think of doing anything else. I mean, yeah. my, you know, my upbringing was great. My family life was awesome. You know, everything about my childhood was you know, perfectly normal and fine. And, yeah. um, you know, I mean, I, I come from a divorced home, but most, mm -hmm. I mean, I was seven years old when my parents, I mean, that's nothing that, yeah. you know, like affected me horribly, but I just, you know, it's, but it something, about, you. it's yeah. something about seeing that though, that seeing that camaraderie and stuff yeah. too, and like being part of it and even being like at the head of it and making sure like, you know, people are together and people are getting along and, mm -hmm. you know, squashing any kind of like problems that come up, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's all part of it. It's all part of the fun, I think. I want to take a minute to shout out to a couple of good friends of this podcast. Consumed is sponsored by Mid-State Containers, Cargo Storage Containers, and Refrigerated Shipping Containers for sale and rent in California. You may not understand how Mid-State Containers could change your life, but the truth is many, many guests on the Consumed podcast use Mid-State for their projects. Containers can serve as wine storage units for case goods, for private collections, and even tasting rooms. They can be refrigerated storage containers for breweries, kegs, and fruit during harvest for wineries. Mid-state containers outfits coolers and freezers for ranchers, farmers market growers, orchards, and butchers. Containers can make great pop-up coffee bars and berry containers for root cellars. My guest from Season 10, Krista Flieger, from Lonely Palm Ranch, uses her mid-state container for an office on her property. Other ideas include schoolrooms, music and photography studios, and there are other things that can be grown, stored, and processed in a mid-state container, so use your imagination and get on their website to request a quote, midstatecontainers.com. Once more, I want to give love to a couple other podcast friends. Slow Food Co-op is your friendly neighborhood grocer, maintaining local, organic, and non-GMO standards. Slow Food Co-op sources from local producers, ensuring they offer their shoppers great food and household staples. With a mission to empower health and well-being in the community, they offer local produce, meats, low-to-no-waste foods, and wellness items. You can find Slow's only community-owned grocery store on their website at slowfood.coop and visit Slow Food Co-op in-store at 2494 Victoria Avenue in San Luis Obispo, California. Eric, what was your first job? Uh, you said that you were, I think you said you were Old washing dishes, factory? right? Well, 14. Yeah. 14. Oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. which restaurant was Old it? Old Vienna, where brew house is. Oh, so, nice. That's crazy. With the Reithofer family. Yeah, yeah, so I was born and raised with the Reithoffers. Oh, uh, cool. They lived one block down the street, so yes. they were running short one day, and uh, I was down to make some money under the table. I think it was uh, <laughs> four or five, yeah, four or five dollars an hour under the table. Yeah. Uh, got, oh got a Jaeger schnitzel at, at the end of my meal. <laughs> uh, I was living the dream. Yeah, I miss that. I'm, I know Brewhouse, yay, yeah. so glad. But I miss old Vienna. I yeah. miss 
just you know it was like dark in there <laughs> it was so it was cozy. so 70. I mean, you just can't you can't reduplicate the, no. the feel and the sense no. of it it's impossible you yeah. never could it's that no. old old family you know oh, yeah. yeah 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 it was a, it was a cool place to work a cool place to work i was good friends with the fam there and uh you know it, that kind of ran its course and i'm still friends with their family and yeah. uh things along those lines so uh but it was you know rather ironic to start there and then come back you know how many ever years later? Well, you knew where everything was. Yeah. You know, all the skeletons were. Yeah, no, I got a call from Billy when I was in Hawaii, and he asked, what do you think about the old Vienna building at the time? It was uh, Basque, you know. Yes. Oh, that's Basque. right. For that's a right yeah. for a moment. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, well, I know that place pretty well, man. I'm like, so uh, I, I think it's definitely something that could be kind of a social gathering. I think that's probably what people kind of think of when they think of ash i think we try to mm-hmm. i think from the top down we all kind of we're all about people and we're all about creating a social gathering uh kind of like your non-corporate applebee's type thing to where it's mm-hmm. really localized and it's you know friends just hanging out on the regular yep. um and you know team building wise and most of the people that come on our staff i know their dad or their uncle mm-hmm. or yeah. you know so we kind of treat them as if they're my own kids and yeah. the most beautiful thing about what we do i think from a you know, managerial standpoint, the leadership standpoint is to take virtually most of our teams, our kids for the most part, yes. especially in the front, the back, you have guys a lot of times that are a little older and families and stuff that they're supporting things like that. But we're usually dealing with a younger crowd and watch them develop and mm-hmm. bring mm-hmm. them out of their shell when they show up and literally don't really know that much. And then to see them two years later, work in the floor and spit and game and having swag. You're like, dude, where did this kid come yeah. from? You kind <laughs> of are raising you know, you are. kids. Oh, for sure. You know? yeah, really I didn't are. realize that till just we now. We really, I mean, we've given so many kids their first jobs. Oh my gosh. I've seen so many people just play music. Yeah. How many people that have, I've seen, oh, they were clearing tables. Oh, now they're, and now they're, oh, now they're a bartender. Now, they're bartender. Yeah. now you're managing here? Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, oh yeah. Exactly. That's very cool. You know, and that's, yeah, I mean, like, uh, at the barbecue, especially, like we we only pretty much hire high school kids to fill. We have you know four four core people that like myself and the the pitmaster Mike and then Jake and John yeah. who run the place. And then everyone every other employee we have is just a teenager, just a kid. You know, after school yeah. in the summers on mm-hmm. the weekends. Yeah, and it's it's great. It's it's awesome to see these kids. You know, like gain a sense of responsibility and you can see it happen right before your very eyes they come in like really shy and they don't know what to do and you have to like tell them okay go wipe that and go and then you know within a few weeks they're like just they're grabbing it you know they're just they're just on top of it or they're not you know you can see like right like pretty quickly you can see like all right this one's uh, yeah right (laughs) this one might not have it they might not have the ethic in them or but you know i didn't have it i will just say (laughs) my first job was um at Klondike Cafe. Mm-hmm. And the first time a guy grabbed my butt, yeah. I, when I was 17 years old, I was like, oh, this is not for me. Yeah. This <laughs> is not for me. But sorry, real quick, going I'm back to Old that. Vienna. I didn't mean to. <laughs> I'm sitting right here. No, this guy was so old. He was, he was like a basketball coach or something. It was horrible. It was horrible. Oh, and that same night, a pizza slid off the the pan onto the crusty like peanut shell yeah, floor yeah. <laughs> and i had dreams that and and my truck broke down in the middle of an intersection <laughs> that night on my way home 
that night I had nightmares about serving food oh. and I had a Charlie horse in the middle of the night. It was just like, oh, <laughs> it's not your thing. This is not my thing. <laughs> but with old Vienna, um, one of my most glorious nights ever was I was there for what used to be called the Mozart festival had a night every summer where they would take over old Vienna and trio international would play polka and, um, my husband and I went in there and they had a contest for the chicken dance mm-hmm. who could win the chicken dance. And I won. There you go. And I got a huge stein and I filled it to the top and drank the whole thing. Oh. And I was so messed up <laughs> that night and the next day, but I'm like super proud of competing well, in the chicken There's a lot of stories dance. like that from Old Vienna. Yeah. For sure. A lot of their beer was high octane and they served it in large quantities. So. <laughs> yeah. I think it was Optimator. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it Optimator was, was my favorite. Coming same. back from Alaska, I'd post up schnitzel and just Optimator's till, <laughs> God, till I beer. was no longer. Yeah, yeah that yeah. beer's So you fun. started at 14 and then you went to the front of the house pretty quickly, managing and serving and bartending. Uh, right? if, well, 14, I, st- I went there then, uh, you know, worked at Pismo Fish and Chips, worked at mm. uh, Pierside. So uh, at like 15... Um, um, I, my neighbor served at Pierce or at uh, Pismo Fish and Chips, uh, and me and her son got uh, busing jobs there. So started busing there, and then uh, went to Pierce Side and served uh, right around yeah, I think 18, mm-hmm. um, and then went to Alaska and then came back and pretty much served anywhere down in San Diego between Olive Garden, Applebee's, yeah, uh, and uh, San Diego Brewing Company. That's kind of where I got the bug in regards to that environment being, you know, 20 years old down in San Diego. Mm-hmm. And, Fun. And I uh, got, you know, pure hoppiness was the first IPA I drank, and it just blew my mind. And uh, mm-hmm. So that, that was a fun. And after that, I was pretty much wanting to get into management, but wanted to get my degree first, make yeah. parents happy, have right, something to fall exactly. back on. What was your degree? Uh, public administration. Started business. Yeah. And then basically they told me, you can wrap up in uh, a semester or you can, since business was impacted, it'd be probably two and a half semesters. Right. And I was like, be done. And I already, you know, a lot of, I did most of the business aspect of sure. it. So then I learned public administration, which actually helped uh, because we deal with the city a lot now. Yeah, uh, yes. yeah, you do. So understanding <laughs> all you know, kinds of cities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All good stuff, too, by the way. So <laughs> yeah. All good stuff. None of it love. Shout out to the city. We love it. Um, but, you know, it really helped understand how that worked and part of, you know, having to go through the meetings and kind of understanding the hierarchy and the structure of the city and what their goals are. And uh, so ended up being a blessing in disguise and then uh, was getting ready to start managing with Applebee's uh, and then uh, found out I was going to Fresno because the girl I was with at the time was. Uh, got accepted for a master's there. So mm. went down and I was getting ready to go uh, or, or find a place, either Applebee's. And then I saw Old Spaghetti Factory and went in there and ate and thought it was cool. I'm Italian background and I yeah. you know, just thought it was kind of a cool setup and family style. I thought, oh, this would be a good place. And they brought me on right away as a server and got me in manager training and mm-hmm. uh, then GM for them. Uh, after being with them for a year, I managed. And then the next year GM and then moved over here. And started GMing at Native and CLO and right. then got on board with what people would call Ash, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. I'm Even very though. tempted to ask you stories about Native. Mm-hmm. I'd better not. But uh, that's another podcast. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Different kind of I'm podcast. Sure, I'm sure Matt's probably got a couple memories he can. Yeah. Did you play there? <laughs> no, that was kind of pre Well, it was right at the beginning. But that's why. Uh, Keep it clean. Tommy Thompson, who's like their bartender at uh, the brew house, he is the one who helped me get out of working for Trader Joe's in the music. Yeah. Because I was like, dude, I, I want to quit Trader Joe's, but I, 
I can't support myself playing music. And yeah. he's like, come, he's like, come bartend for me once a week at Longos. And he's like, and I'll start booking your band. That's right. He was and, uh, so I went over there and he started, you know, I, I was bartending and I, oh my gosh, I got so many, I was the worst bar. I mean, socially I was great, <laughs> but I walked in like, I don't know anything. I remember the first day on the job, I was, people were ordering shots, but I grabbed the bucket glasses instead and I was <laughs> filling those. And everyone's like, this guy's amazing. Yeah, like, man. My yeah. tips are coming across. Yeah. And one guy's all, dude, no one's going to tell you this. I need to tell you this. Yeah. You're, you might get fired after tonight. And, and you, if they do inventory, you're screwed. Yeah. You know, I was like, yeah. oh, you know. Um, but yeah, he, he, I forgot what I was going with the whole thing. But he got me out of there. And then he, that's what kind of got me into. Like, I never thought I could be part of uh, the restaurant Bruce, you know, and I, I was always passionate about it. Um, and was playing, playing music. And so he's the one who kind of got my foot in the door and would take me out to places and meet, meet, meet people. Awesome. And then I actually got involved with Ash cause I was sitting at a bar cause I had some bad experiences playing frog and peach at the time. I've made up with everybody involved and it's sure. good now, but I was, at, I was at a bar and the guy next to me goes, Oh, you should, you're really good. You should start playing I'm like here and here. I go, Oh, I can't stand Ash management bars. He's like, Oh, hi, my name's Billy Hales. You know, I, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Oh damn! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was, it was like it started off an honest relationship. And he's like, he's like, why don't you? And I was like, he's like, okay, so you had bad experience with two people. You don't, yes. you know. I go, you're right. I, I, I like I. And then since then, I've played just about everything with them, and yeah. done, I mean, I continue to have a great relationship with all the restaurants, and so For yeah. Sure. Billy Hale. So what if you don't mind? If he doesn't mind, tell me a little bit about how he got started with all of this. So you say he was sweeping floors at Bulls, which is terrifying. Yeah, I think he was, like, I mean, checking IDs and stuff. Yeah, and bouncer bar for backing. a while. Yep. Yeah, bar backing. At Brubacks. Uh, yeah. Brubacks. Yeah. Brubacks, yeah. So he did those, and then uh, basically he ended up, I think, buying uh, an individual out, I think with Ron as well at the time, I mm-hmm. believe, uh, McCarthy's. I think that was their first one, that one, and Bulls. They kind of got three right out the gate. Did uh, they have something in Santa Barbara? Yeah, they did like Calypso and <laughs> yeah. something oh, yeah. else. Well, yeah. They, 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 they opened it, Frog it, like yeah. in '95. I think I've, I've yeah. been I've been great friends with Billy for ten yeah. years now, and I still don't yeah. know like the complete history. Right, where you're no, like, that's oh, so yeah, true. I like too. I've spent many nights out we, and drinking. I'm like, I know it. No, I don't we know. Drive, yeah. We'll yeah. drive by a place going down south. We'll be we'll be in like you know uh, the Calabasas or something. Yeah. He'll be like, Oh, we used to own that, and I'll be like, <laughs> yeah. When? When did you own that place? And why? Good for him. But yeah, I mean, it's just a lot of like. And I think that's, you know, what, where, what he brings to the table, you know, like each person in the, in the, in the, in the entity brings something different to the table. You know, I mean, Eric's got this great background of like front of the house, personnel management, um, uh, nuts and bolts as far as like scheduling and, and all the banking stuff. That's his forte, like hundred percent. I mean, <laughs> he's so. He, he, I mean, Aww. being partners with 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 a guy like Eric is like, um, it's for me. For someone like me, it's perfect. It's the perfect balance yeah. because I, that's the stuff that I fail miserably at. I mean, I can do it, but the whole time I I'm, I hate it. Like, yeah. I, it's it's the the it, whole time I hate it. It draws me away from you know like like the other things that I try to focus on like making you know food better or the the next trend of trying to get to get on top of things before someone else does back of you know? house yeah a lot yeah of that. you know and 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 i have to deal with my own like personnel management like on a on a on a more like you know immediate basis whereas he's got to deal with stuff more in the long term you know mm-hmm. scheduling mm-hmm. people um thinking about like this person working well with this person or covering this person or this and that i mean headache after headache after headache where i'm more of like the 
someone calls in, okay, I'll just stay. Or, you know, like I, I'm more of like the fill in the holes guy when it comes to like the personnel and keeping everybody like working together in, in like in the moment, you know, yeah. where he's more of like the, the, the planner mm-hmm. that, you know, gets stuff done, keeps the train rolling as far as like making sure we have like money in the bank and sure. the, the receipts are going where they should be. And like all the invoices and stuff are getting organized like and stuff like that. Like there is money in the bank, which is a huge credit to, to what you've all some, done. Some places are doing better than others, but every, everybody's, yeah. everybody's staying, we have to weigh in the above the freaking two year pandemic. And that, yeah. and that I know. Really, I wanted to ask really messed things that. up yeah. quite a bit. We were, you know, some of our places were on track to be, you know, to be excelling at this point, And we pretty much had to hit the reset button on one or two of them, which, you know, worked, but it's just, you know, you're just kind of starting over again, which uh, we're doing at the barbecue more than any place. We're actually rebranding um, the, the meat market into a, a, like a slightly different, you know, kind of, Kind kind of concept. You know, Are you able the, to tell us about that at all? Yeah, sure. No, I, yeah. I mean, it's not. We're not. We, we don't have anything solidified yet. But mm-hmm. we're gonna t- we're gonna be turning it into more of a like a a sandwich shop. A sandwiches, soups, salads, wraps, things like that. Using the same like high quality meats that we already do, but just making it more accessible to people. Basically, what happened over the pandemic was everything went up astronomically in price we, we for all that crazy oh yeah, when, we opened, sure. when we opened the meat market for a little over four years ago we were paying two dollars and eight cents a pound for brisket and now yeah. we're paying five dollars and 40 cents yeah. a pound for brisket so we used to offer and we still currently do offer these like combo plates with yeah. just like meat and sides it and, is like, san- so good and sandwiches that just have like a whole bunch of meat on them and nothing else you dress them yourself that concept is really no longer financially viable no. without charging people more money than they they would be willing oh, to pay so for sorry. you know for that. I mean it's okay because it allows us to evolve into um, something where instead of eating our product once a month, you'll be able to eat it twice a week. Or yeah. you know we'll have right. more like regular business. We'll still be offering the same like super high quality meats just in different forms. We'll yeah. be able will to you offer, still offer more things. Can you st- still offer some of those plates at a Higher we price will, really expensive. We will be doing yeah, no. certain I'll things like it. like we'll be specialing like ribs and stuff mm-hmm. like that because yes. we won't have ribs on the menu like per se like all the time anymore. But mm-hmm. we'll be doing more like specials with the, with like the combo plates and things like that that we used to do. But mm-hmm. yeah, we're gonna Good. we're gonna switch gears and become pretty much like a primarily like a, a yeah. high-end sandwich shop. It I mean, will be so good. I well, mean, I have no, no it, doubt. Have, that speaks to your skill set too. Of like, I, I know I was just speaking to someone that opened up a new wine bar and restaurant, and they were like, well, I don't, have, I don't want to charge more than this much for this, this, this plate. And I go, it doesn't matter what you want. Right. Yeah. How much did the stuff cost? So yeah. having that experience yeah. to know, this is what it costs a pound for us to make profit. This is what you want to charge. Yeah. Yeah. You, like, so many people want to be like, well, I don't want to charge that. I'm like, yeah. I, it doesn't matter what. Like, right. I somebody else, they're like, you know, gosh, if I was, had your bar, I wouldn't charge over $6 a pint. And I go, then you wouldn't be open for another month. Yeah, yeah. your ego like, can't yeah. become yeah. involved I'm like, in anything. I, I, don't yeah. char- I, don't, I, don't, I don't set the prices at my bar. To, make, to, to, to take money from people. Yeah. It's like, this is what the beer cost me. This is yeah. what I need to pay to, and make money myself. Yeah. This is what it's got to be. Right. And if you don't, if you can't handle that stuff, you aren't going to be open long. Well, and go anywhere else. I right. mean, it goes somewhere else yeah. where prices have dropped or not gone. I mean, everything's gone everything's up. Everything's gone up. We all have fixed expenses. A lot of our variable expenses have gone up, whether it's labor, it's food costs, all these things. So, you either get busy living or get busy dying. And some of our <laughs> mm-hmm. concepts are thriving in this environment. I mm-hmm. mean, Mason is absolutely doing a you know, rooster, mm-hmm. yes. brew house. Some of these obviously coming back from COVID, 
people have developed a finer taste for beverages on certain fronts, <laughs> uh, which has really driven bar sales, which is obviously your best margins, which we, gives you wiggle room on food. What do you mean by that? People's taste has changed. Oh, no. Well, I'm just saying. I think... Uh, I think <laughs> Everyone drank a lot more during more COVID. Also, their, their palate is... <laughs> well, I, I just think more people yeah, came out of that situation. Not only that, they were cooped up drinking. Ready. Yes. Now they want to socialize. Yeah, yeah, I don't I care mean, if it's $15 for a cocktail. Exactly. I want to sit and talk to somebody. So I'm guilty. I've been doing that. Went nuts. Sure. Yeah. Um, the bars and, went crazy. And place like, you know, in regards to the barbecue, I mean, the thing is, is we could keep staying this course. Uh, but to me, it's like we've developed, Jay's done such a good job on developing quality meats. And you kind of look around and you got to understand what environment you're operating in. Yeah. And down there, we don't have a whole bunch of, we don't have High Street. We don't have no. these really go-to sandwich places. You know, we have some good spots down there, hoagies and places like that. But to me, when most of our business is coming from the Valley, the Bay, and L.A., mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of them are going to the beach, simply having something that is at a better price point, that's kind of a, a better portion size that people eat more often. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can eat on the go, too. You can exactly. right. to, go to go to the beach. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And yes. locals really, historically, even though we pay great money to live next to the beach, we often don't find our t- you know ourselves down in Pismo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we true. go to the village. You know, We yeah. pay good money to mm-hmm. live by the beach, but we drive inland. So we're right. kind of weird like that on the norm. Yeah, we only see local like a decent local crowd in in like this time of mm-hmm. year and it's sporadic you know mm-hmm. they they still don't they don't know what you know it's a weekend i don't want to go into pismo necessarily and no. yeah so i mean you know I think I, that's the only thing that stopped me like no. the, the t- two times i'm like i'm gonna go on a tuesday for lunch you know it's like well I yeah park, you know? matt <laughs> took me down there um because I was like, I don't know. I don't know if we should have these guys on the podcast. I'm just kidding. Yeah. He, he said, you've got We get to that a lot. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no. No, no, no. Don't bring us out. But though. he said, you know, he, he took me down. And I think as we drove in, I was like, when's the last time I was in Pismo? Yeah. Ages ago. Yeah. And I thought that your concept would do really well. But as you talk about it, yes. I yeah. think sandwiches are probably, there isn't, as far as I know, a super tight, perfect uh, you know, meaty sandwich down there yeah. that and people can easily walk to and go back. Right. To the and that's what we're, that's what we're gunning for. Like, yeah. like that, like sandwiches have a, having some nice soups. We sell a lot of soup when we have soup on, it sells like crazy. Yeah. Um, so, you know, things like that and doing like, you know, salads, bowls, even, you know, mm-hmm. that people can get sandwiches without the bread, you know, hitting yeah. that note that's for good. people, that kind of like uh, low carb kind of thing for mm-hmm. people, I think will be, you know, important, but, uh, you know, yeah, basically it's just trying to offer a better value, you know, and we can start putting like lettuce and tomato and avocado and stuff on. We don't have to put a half pound of meat on a bun and just sell that straight We can give you, you can give you a filling amount of food and still only, you know, still use six ounces of meat instead of, you know, 12 ounces. It's just, you know, like little things like that will help the longevity and will also drive, a lot more business, I think, when yeah. people realize that they can hit it. And we're also going to be doing like a big push for like, um, you know, like delivering and things like that. So yeah. people don't have to come, you know, if they really like our sandwiches, they don't have to come into Pismo to get them. We can get them yeah. out to you doing Very sandwich good. platters because we get hit up for catering all the time. And I don't have the equipment or the staff or the, 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 the facilities to do these big catering jobs. If people were just hitting us up for, you know, $200 sandwich platters and stuff like that, no problem. We could put those yeah. together, you know in the morning and people can pick them up whenever or get them delivered. So, I mean, yeah, I I think, you know, as far as this project goes, it's going to be, it's going to be leaps and bounds uh, Mm. ahead of what we've been doing. Eventually it'll grow to that. It makes me a little sad because I feel like you guys, I mean, I got to be careful how I say this. There's a lot of barbecue places in the Southern coast, a lot of friends that own and run these barbecue, but yours is the only true Texas style, like 
true, like correct. Yeah. Track, everything we, else is kind of like adapted to central, you know, wine country barbecue Maria. or yeah. Santa right, Maria right, style right. barbecue, you know. But going there, you know, I was, I was just like, oh my gosh, this is so. Oh, me and so Jay talk about it. That if, fall if, apart brisket. Mm, oh, if we had a gosh. dollar, but the thing is, the people from the Bay, LA, and the Valley, they come here to eat Santa Maria style. Yes, right. Of so they come in, and we kid about it. If we had a dollar for every time someone tried to order a tri-tip sandwich, yeah. So we had the best of intentions, <laughs> yeah, because we went out there and it blew our minds. So we thought, man, I eat Santa Maria style all the time, and when I cook at home, I usually do Santa Maria style. Yeah. But it's nice to have something different. Well, the education process was fun, uh, but at this point, it's almost more of let's just give. I mean, you got to know your role and know where. Absolutely, you're at. yeah, yeah. And yeah. you know our environment Customer. that we're in. You know, having a you know twenty twenty five dollar per person check average when it's kind of like a Texas style. In or a Chipotle type setup, right, right. so there's a lot of psychology that we try to put ourselves in our guest shoes. To when you walk in, you know they have kids a lot too, so sandwiches, things are more friendly that the kid will eat. It's not ex- you know experimentation to their kid or trying to explain something they don't even know to their kid. Right. Yes. Uh, it's just something we think will be more symbiotic for both us and them. Yeah, oh, yeah we've, so we've almost become like we too, should go down today. We've, <laughs> we've, we've, we've almost become like too niche. You know, yeah. it's almost yeah. like yeah. we've become so specifically. Texas style barbecue and not even Texas style barbecue like central Texas style yeah, barbecue yeah. it's yes. not even I mean there's it's not high country it's you know central Texas style barbecue 100% and yeah. that's you know it's it's a great thing in a lot of ways but in, in some ways it's kind of hurt us yeah. it's kind yeah. of like painted us into a corner of like we can't branch out because we're just this Texas barbecue right, place. Right. So, it's such a know. great case study, though, for somebody, anybody listening to understand how a restaurant has to pivot, it has oh, to tighten up, it has yeah. to loosen yeah. up, whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, like I said, you can't have your ego involved yeah. in a project until that project becomes so wildly successful that, you know, that there's reason to have ego behind it. I mean, we have nothing but love and nothing but respect for what we do, mm-hmm. but, you know, my ultimate goal is to have a place that makes money that I yeah. don't have to, you know, constantly be present yeah. at. And, totally. uh, you know, I, 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 the, the, the goal to all this is to work yourself out of a job and, you know, yeah. to just kind of sit back and look at what you've grown and accomplished and, you know, kind of go from there and, and involve another project. If it's not projects. sustainable, yeah, that's right. it. And exactly. that's, and that's then what, you, the, it won't be there. And, exactly. You know, and if you, yeah, we want businesses to stay. Correct. And that's yeah. a skill you guys both bring in with your past experiences to be able to, uh, you know, most other places would just go out of business, you know, where you guys can rally yeah. and, and save it. Oh, yeah. We're in a good spot. And that's, I mean, I think we've learned a lot from what we've done here to where it'll give us a leg up on our competitors. I mean, not too many people were making their own meats in house. Right. So if yeah. you want a good sandwich, that's a good place to start. So right. we get some good bread and we start doing all the other condiments and fixings. Oh, it's going to be wants. awesome. Yes. And he goes crazy with the cheese whiz on his signature style and stuff. He gets really <laughs> pumped and horny for not, It's not, going to get crazy. Not literally cheese yeah. whiz. The, the, no? tr- the smoked no. turkey Sometimes. there. Yeah. I do love every, cheese whiz. Every once in a while, you got to mess <laughs> we with the, the We had the, the, the real Philly yeah. when we first opened Brew House. Yeah. We had the real Philly cheesesteak yeah. with the cheese whiz. And the, oh, I kind of love it. And the Amoroso rolls yeah. from, from South Street oh, in Philly. Right. Yeah, yeah. We Which you can those. order, I found you out. Can, yeah. Because the cheesesteak place down in Santa Maria, they get their Amorosa yeah. rolls from Philly, too. Yeah. When we went in, when I went to take her in, and we ordered a plate, and she got turkey. I was kind of like, oh, I'm like, kind of disappointed. It was in sweet tea, Brian. I was like, I was like, don't get, don't get the turkey. And we got it. I was like, I think it was the best meat oh, on the plate. It, yeah. 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 So if that's going to be on so a sandwich, good. I'm hundred yeah, percent. I mean, in. The, tur- yeah. the turkey is, the turkey was, it was the hardest one to get right. And mm-hmm. it, it, it has become like the, like the, like the sleeper hit. Like, the oh my gosh. It's so good. And now it's, you know, now we're selling, we sell it. 
we we produce meat at the at, at the meat market and and for for Mason Bar for oh, okay. Okay. and for yeah. Brew House. So they they buy and it's mostly turkey. The Brew House buys some of our brisket and 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 stuff like that too. But the turkey we're we're selling right now probably 150 pounds a week to, just to those wow. three restaurants. Wow. And they're using it in sandwiches. It's the most popular sandwich on most of That's the restaurants. Right. It is you know. so yeah. good. Well, I mean, yeah. the product mix and our best sandwiches at Brew House are featuring the meats from the meat market. So, so I'm like, yeah. let's cool. connect the dots here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sandwich <laughs> yeah. yeah, instead of making all the other businesses, yeah. except which that's what we want to do as well. Yeah. Right, right, right. Here's your answer right in front of you. Now just grab it. Yeah, yeah Mason, so. Mason just started using it, and they're, they're, they've started, yeah. I mean, they're, they're using a ton of it now, and they just put it on their menu, on their brunch menu, and their lunch menu, so... Yeah, I mean, like there's a, there, there's that high quality meat there to be to be used. Mm -hmm. So we're just you know we're just going to start using it in different ways. Nice. In well, yeah, ways. two weeks after I had meat market food for the first time, I played a winery. They flew in the crew from Salt Lake from Austin, yeah. Yeah. and they barbecued and they brought me a plate. And I was like, and I was like, my, my mind was blown. I'm like, damn, this is pretty much the same thing I just had. You know, <laughs> I, know. So it's I was like, I was like, but, but I'm like, I was like, damn. dang, like that's yeah. Flew in the crew from Salt Lake. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. No, I just balling. yeah. 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 <laughs> Like a good yeah, and I was like, I'm like, dude, I still get paid for this gig, yeah. and they're giving me like Salt Lake barbecue that was made. Like, it was yeah. pretty crazy, but 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 at the same time, it was like, oh wow, this is it. Just spoke of the quality that you guys had going there. Cause I remember you guys talking about it when you pitched the idea. I remember sitting with you guys and Billy, like, oh, we're gonna start Texas barbecue. I'm like, oh, another barbecue place, mm -hmm. and, you know. But it was it, it was legit it's Texas. It's I'm a little sad that the the coast hasn't grabbed onto it, but yeah. uh, but I those, mean, it's it, don't get me wrong, the barbecue's yeah. doing fine. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it, people love it, and the people like. I mean, we're really well reviewed. We have yeah. we have a very good core of like regular customers, but it's just your regular customers at a place like Rooster are eating there two or three times a week. No, that's yes. exactly our regular customers are coming in twice a month right. because it's a, a very rich. You right know, meal they yes. can only eat well, it's, a half pound of brisket and some mac and cheese that's I a mean, great like, point you know that, yeah. that, well, that I, weighs you down for after going like I said you know I, I've, I, I have nothing but good things to say about it but I've eaten there twice yeah, yeah. exactly, right. exactly. You know? and a lot of people I mean uh, we get a ton of that we get like people that are, oh we you know we were here six months ago we love this place it's the best place to eat in Pismo but we weren't. We <laughs> right. haven't been yeah. here for six yeah. months. Yeah, you know because God, how many Frito you know, Boats can you eat? Well, yeah. for me, well, probably yeah. a lot. Those we sell quite a few. Oh, I loved that Frito Boat. Yeah. Did you go to Austin when you were doing some research on? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay, so oh, yeah. where did you go? Did you go to Terry Black's? Uh, yeah. I went to Black's, went to Franklin's, went yeah. to Micklewaite's, went to La Barbecue, went to Stubbs, Stubbs, went to... Uh, Lock, we, so the very... So How was your gut? Oh, on the plane home, I thought I was going to stroke out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, literally, you get there and we're all pumped and we're like, all right, and you try to like pace yourself on portion. We go to two to three places a day for like three, four days. Oh my God. That's disgusting. So just on the plane That's how like, I want to <laughs> die. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, the first miserable. the first time because yeah. I, I lived in Austin for for several years. But the first time we went as a group to Austin to to you know do some research before we opened the barbecue, we did like the the trail. We went to like Lockhart and Elgin. Yes. We like went out of Austin and did like went to the old places the like Blacks and yeah. and um, yeah. and like uh, South Southside Market and stuff like that. And and you know. That was that was daunting. That was like one of those days that where is for the first, yeah. we were just driving, and at some point it was just like, oh, yeah. just someone else to drive. Nine thirty yeah. in the morning through the rest right, of the day, right, right. trying to like have a couple beers. Yeah, trying to take a lone star, off. just like, oh. it's like you good man, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> right. Research can yeah. be tough. So I'm going to Austin in a couple yeah. weeks for my first time. Oh, yeah. nice. What if, if if there was one barbecue place I have to hit? 
So my, I, I like to always suggest people go to Micklethwaite's. Micklethwaite's. Micklethwaite's is like a, it's, it's, it's two trailers. Trailer. It's, okay. it's like a, like a, looks like an RV trailer and then a, like a train caboose almost next to it. And the caboose, the train car has like the smokers in it and then the, they serve out of the trailer. And then it's just a gravel parking lot with like a big, yeah. you know, tent and some picnic tables and that's it. That happens a lot in and Austin. It does. Oh, yeah. And Micklethwaite's, aside from being like a barbecue place, they tout themselves as like a craft meat. It's Micklethwaite's craft meats. And I don't know, man. In my opinion, they have the best brisket, you know? I mean, Terry, Terry Black's just opened a place in downtown Austin, like a new, you mm-hmm. know, newer place, and it's huge. And that was really good, too. Mm-hmm. Like, they did a really good job, like, mimicking the, the original place in, in Lockhart, yeah. I think it is. Um, but, uh, uh, but I, you know, I, I would check that out for sure. That's I would check where out, I was. I would check out Micklethwaite's and Terry Black's um, Freeman's is cool because it's like a it's a barbecue joint, but it's a sit down place with a full bar. Oh, okay, and they do some really neat like cocktails there, like smoked okay. beef yeah, it's cocktails like a Mason, and stuff. A barbecue. It's kind of okay. Mason, but huh. they still sell, they yeah. still bring you food on like a, a metal tray. Oh, but it, it, for some reason, it just looks like presentation. <laughs> yeah, the presentations nice. there. And so stuff. don't go wait in line at Franklin's. Uh, don't go wait. No, in line honestly, at I did. Oh. I did, and just yeah, out of. Uh, I mean, just just to do to, it? It's Aaron Franklin. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, yes, just, I understand. I mean, I felt like so I couldn't open stuff. up a Texas-style barbecue place without right. seeing at yeah. Aaron Franklin. You're probably right. I mean, so, you know, if you have the time and yeah. the wherewithal, well, then they give by you all beer. Means. I mean, I was there at like 6.30, 6.45, and they come out at like 7, something like that, and handing out beers. and <laughs> So it's an experience. Like, you okay. go sure. there to yeah. Yeah. But you're not going to... Yeah, you're not... It, it's the experience is not necessarily the, oh, yeah. the best food. No, the food's fantastic, too. No, I mean, the barbecue's top notch. There's a reason why that place sells out but I mean it's one. it's there's yeah. a lot of hype behind it so you're gonna so wait, whereas like you can get the equally good barbecue, barbecue at, at, I mean Rudy's Rudy's is one of my favorites in in, yeah, in, in Austin they have, it's almost like a little chain they have a a couple of them around um, around Texas and and they make fantastic barbecue yeah. there and real it's, it's like yeah yeah Delicious. real kind of peppery but I yeah, love, good I love Torchy's yeah. Tacos yeah. is a little chain yeah. and those tacos are legit yeah. they are so good gosh I'm gonna gain like 50 pounds yeah you are Austin's a great <laughs> be a great town to it's like a welcome so to misery good. <laughs> oh it's just such a great oh. town it I is, yeah, yeah I absolutely love it I'm pumped a lot of fun. As I speak, one of my sponsors, James Oniveros, is in New York City pouring at the Wine and Spirits Top 100 Wineries event. And why? Because Native Nine Wine has been named one of the top 100 wineries in the world, along with a couple other consumed alums, Scar of the Sea, Aubon Clement, and Tally Vineyards. It's incredible to think how each of these people and their wineries started at the bottom and worked their way up. For James, wine, and particularly Pinot Noir, has been a lifelong pursuit. You can learn all about James, the land he lives on and works, and his wines during a private tasting at the ranch in Santa Maria Valley. As the folks at Ranchos de Anaveros say, this is not your average tasting experience. Plan to be out there for like two to three hours and bring your boots. For more information, visit ranchosdeanaveros.com. The Consumed Podcast is sponsored by Slow Life Magazine, a semi-monthly lifestyle publication that highlights what makes San Luis Obispo so special. I write the food column for Slow Life, and we've sort of changed up the format in recent months, and I really like where it's headed. I've been featuring just one local food-related business and really drilling down to discover what makes it tick. 
For the April 2022 issue, I interviewed Fabian Tefera about her Ethiopian takeout restaurant, Ebony Slow. Yep, you may recognize Fabian's name because she was on the first season of this podcast in 2019. If you want to know more about Ebony Slow and Ethiopian food here on the Central Coast, check out that issue of Slow Life Magazine or visit slowlifemagazine.com. Are you allowed to say what your favorite property is? Would you ever be willing to do that? I will say for me, I love... Milestone is yours, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, good. I I forgot about Milestone. Yeah, Yeah, you haven't mentioned it. Yeah, yeah, we opened that one. We built that one too. I really like, first of all, that it repurposed a bank. It's Mm -hmm. really neat. Mm -hmm. And then also, we watched the World Cup there, and it was so comfortable. You had the sound nice and loud. It was really fun. And I got like six Rattlers, and I felt great. Yeah, Yeah, the venue's awesome. Uh, Earl runs that one he's i mean a great crew I, I mean i helped out there from time to time when they first opened mm-hmm. uh that venue's awesome awesome it place is. to gather and yeah. it's just slowly built uh yeah. it's yeah it started out a little slower and now it's definitely hitting its stride and doing really well so it's always there are always people there oh yeah always oh, yeah, yeah mean, milestone's great i like milestone i think my favorite my favorite of like the properties to like hang out at is probably the brew house the shell beach brew okay. house just because that was the first one that I built like, you know, that I helped build from scratch from like nothing, you know, it was just like the empty building and we did yeah. all the, all the demo work and stuff like that. And so it's like putting tables yeah. and chairs I mean, together. You know, and, yeah. 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 But I, I mean, they all have their charm, you know, they all have something yeah. about them. I mean, like there's like Rooster Creek is like, you know, it's like the old maid in the, in the bunch and it's like that corner property in AG, but it's still like so busy and so like the the people that work there are the same people that have been working there for 10 years 10 years it's been open and it's been killing it for 10 years and that's a testament the same like a lot of the same people are still there Mm -hmm. they've had kids they come back they've gotten jobs gone to college they've come back I mean, the, even the, even the kitchen is the same, you know, like the same core group of people that that's are just rad. doing the same thing. And, and that speaks a lot for a place. It's a comfortable place to be mm-hmm. at, you know, and people, it's like your little home, you know, like a little home corner bar. Yeah. Um, Mason's always fun, but it's too crowded, I think. I sometimes. It's so popular. It's very popular. Um, it's hit kind it of like, the, yeah, it's kind yeah. of like the place to be Good seen. Good problems. They Good problems. I know, right? They just, took There's on a a new, um, they just took on a new chef, um, a guy named Robert, who's, uh, who's doing a great job. Mm-hmm. He changed the brunch menu up a little bit and he changed the menu he's kind of working at rooster and mason mm. at the same time um rooster doesn't really need a chef per se they they're kind of like you know just somebody to kind of oversee stuff yeah. but mason you know has more of that you know need mm. for like an actual chef so he's been working there a lot and he's doing a great job um you know just kind of streamlining things and mm-hmm. you know, the menu is a little bit overwhelming to people he kind of pared it down a little bit you know made the made choosing a little easier and stuff and, I forgot yeah. that frog and peach I should say that's where my husband and I had our first date so that's kind of a favorite too <laughs> I, know, I, know. I like I yeah just being in there the yeah. smell of that place sure, is like sure. home <laughs> you're in yeah. <laughs> I've played music there many many, many times it's all good no it's no good. I know <laughs> do you have a favorite property uh, I'm probably just biased because yeah I mean the first one I became partner on was brew house and yeah. that's where I still operate out of as well so a lot of memories there just as a kid uh you know kind of full circle and the clientele that's kind of built in much like rooster and mason i mean you see it's just the gathering for you know business people or families or whatever it's Mm -hmm. just you go there and you know you're going to run into a few people you know and that's you know part of the joy in it uh but 
brew house has kind of always been home wherever i've gone somewhere else to help or what have you i always end up back at brew house so i need to go back it's been a while i had some pretty great street tacos there at one time Mm -hmm. um but yeah it's worth worth another visit so as uh center coast meat markets make a switch switch uh Mm -hmm. is there gonna be a switch in names that people should look for yes okay are you not we haven't settled on we haven't settled on it yet it'll be something (laughs) if um, we did we'd say it the place next to old west cinnamon rolls like next old west cinnamon rolls yeah be looking for a switch in the menu. Yeah, it's going to be a reopen. It's just going to be the same team, and we're just going to be packaging the product we have a little bit differently, differently and yeah. to where it's a little more you know appealing a for you know the people coming in as far as price point and size, uh, and for uh, as well our team to execute. Yeah, uh, for sure. you know, so, you know, trying just to make things a little more simplistic, so to speak, mm-hmm. and work for both parties. You guys, I ask everybody, um, if you were on your last day of life, I think we already touched on you're, this, actually. You're, you're dying. So much meat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so much meat is the answer. Um, <laughs> stroke out. But if you had one day left to live and it was a happy thing and you wanted to celebrate, what would you eat? What would you drink and who would be there? Wow. Oh, man. Right? It's a heavy question. Wow. <laughs> we like to throw it at you in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. yeah. I know exactly what I would do. Oh, perfect. <laughs> go for it. Start. Please. Yeah. And, and it can be like food that's from all over. No, you it, would go a, you it would want. be a, it would be it would be a large plain pizza from uh, from Armetta's from our, from Armetta's Italian restaurant in uh, in, in, a, in Emmaus, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Oh, it was nice. a little corner place that I worked at for a long time. That yeah, that just I mean, every time I go back to PA, the very first thing I do when I get off the plane is go and get a pizza from this place. It's oh wow, there's nothing. Li- I mean, like it, going back to what you asked me at the beginning of this about the difference. I think the biggest difference (laughs) that I've encountered so far is pizza. (laughs) I mean, like there is just nothing like East East coast pizza around here. Every, every place that, you know, I I was reading this thing on, 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 on Facebook the other day, this uh, five cities food group that, that was, Mm -hmm. and someone asked like, Hey, what's your favorite pizza around here? First of all, very few people had the same answer, which is always a red flag. And there was probably a hundred people that answered and every one of them was like, I mean, you know, different and some a lot of them were like dominoes oh, and fatties no. and things like this which you know hey whatever you like you like but there no was, that's not true there was no, compa- no. like to me there is no comparison around here to what i grew up with as as pizza it's like yeah. hand tossed you know like straight up pizza so that's what it would be yeah if it was my last day it would be a pizza from armetta's and a vodka soda with a lime i'm a pretty simple guy yeah. but you also had it on the tip of your tongue like you knew exactly no, I knew, yeah yeah someone says what do you want to eat if you can eat anything my the first words out of my mouth are a large plain pizza from armetta's it's beautiful yeah, for, for sure uh, yeah, I'm dying, but I'm in good, yeah, good spirits. Uh, yeah. Probably. Uh, I could probably guess what it is. Yeah, well, family, well, family <laughs> friends, we go out to a place out in Waza. We have family friends, Jack and Deb, who have like a ranch and a saloon out there. Uh, and their barbecue, tri-tip style, and just the full family environment spread with all my buddies and uh, a couple ice-cold IPAs. Uh, I'd, I'd think I'd, yeah, that's how I had to cash it in. I is that a couple that has like the whole, like old West town? Uh, no, they're, okay. they're just, yeah, family friends I grew up with. No, there's a family out there oh, that yeah. has, they have okay. like a full Western yeah, town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Saloon, yeah. But the saloon isn't open to the public, no, right? No, 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 okay. there's on their property. And uh, I mean, what's funny is like the bar in that saloon is actually from old Vienna. Like, so <laughs> no as way. we, you know, get, you know, we go through demo they and have stuff. some of our equipment. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> just yeah, give them our old equipment. Know, like, I was like, hey, I got this three compartment sit. Maybe someday it'll be open to the public. Enough equipment to get inspected. It could be. It's a good Start looking a spread. Petition. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it's just, you know, Scream's family. It's just beautiful out there. And, I mean, it's, you feel like you're at a bar with all your friends, and it makes her a great day. So. Oh, it awesome. sounds awesome. Couldn't beat that. Fun. Yeah. 
You guys, you shared so much that I actually wasn't aware of, and I really appreciate you teaching me. Well, thank Absolutely. you for having us. Yeah, Quite the treat. Yeah, nice to meet awesome. you. Keep your eyes out for the new restaurant. Absolutely. Yes. Thank you, folks. Thank appreciate you. it. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening to the Consumed Podcast Tap Takeover with the Matt Cross. <laughs> it was super fun. Yeah. Thank you for introducing me to all these new, wonderful people. It was my pleasure. Okay. Time for a beer? Time for a beer. Yay! Woo! Consumed is produced by me, Jamie Lewis, and edited by Chris Lambert. To hear more stories from the eaters, drinkers, thinkers, and makers of California, to see guest photos, read their bios, maybe even get a recipe, visit letsgetconsumed.com. Thank you, and I'll see you next time.